wonderful to know the Lord tonight. And it's so good of you people, good people, to put up with with uh, my voice. And I know that there's nothing sometimes more ir- irritating than someone that's trying to talk to change and uh, very obnoxious. And I, I appreciate your, your, your courtesy and your kindness. And uh, we're just going to do the very best we can. I know that uh, I know that uh, I know that you love me. I know you love <laughs> And I know he loves me. The devil might tell me anything in the world, but he'll never tell me that God don't love me. And I've heard people say, well, you get so far away from God, you can't get back. That might be true, but there's one scripture in that Bible, brother, that I read. And it said, come unto me, and I will in no wise cast you out. What are you going to do with that scripture, brother? Listen, that's a lot of promises in that scripture, he said, I will in no wise cast you out. And I want to preach a message tonight that I've preached before. And I was not going to preach it when I left home. But when I was sitting there on that pew tonight, the Lord spoke to me to preach this message. And I would preach it, and I'm going to preach it with the help and grace of God. And, and I want you to really pray. This, uh, there's people here tonight that's lost without God, and they don't know him. And those are the folks that we want to find God in this revival tonight. Somebody in this building tonight, especially one, one pew in particular, uh, if the Lord would come, uh, that whole pew would be left. Say praise the Lord. Amen. And we, we want to tear that little uh, little mess up there and get those fellows in the altar and get them to worshiping God and just, uh, oh, don't you love him tonight? Don't you love him? Just lift your hands and worship him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Turn with me tonight. I thank Brother McGee. I told Brother McGee uh, last night I was sorry that I went over. I don't, I'm usually not a long-winded preacher. I, 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 when God gets anointed, when I get through, I quit. That's more than some folks do. And I, I, I quit when I get through. And, and uh, Brother McGee said, well, he talked too long. I did not. I went over, but uh, I appreciate listening to Brother McGee. I could just sit there and listen to him and listen to him. And he preached a message one time over in Oak Hill, over there in Topsville. Brother McGee, you remember that morning you preached that lady about Jerry Wright? And he preached on the two rich men. And if he's never preached that here, you ought to ask him to preach it, because it was just wonderful the way he preached that. And, and I appreciate this man of God tonight. Don't you love him tonight? Say praise the Lord. Matthew 25, Matthew 25 and 44. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered or in thirst, or a stranger or naked, or sick or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to life eternal. Everybody say, life eternal. And I want to take for a thought tonight. Will you go away with these? 
will you go away with these? Uh, as I spoke in my message, I believe it was last night, that 500 million years from tonight, everybody in this building will be alive somewhere. Can you say amen? I thought about the old man. Old man. There's nothing worse than an old man full of sin. There's nothing more horrible in my sight to see an old man that's so far up in age that uh, uh, he's let sin become so uh, uh, wrapped around his soul that he cannot get right with God. It seems that he just can't find repentance in his life. But I thought about this old man that was in the hospital and, and he was on the hospital bed and he was dying. He was going out to meet God. He knew he was dying. And he called for the preacher. He said, send me a preacher. Send me a preacher. He said, uh, I want to see a preacher. And they brought the preacher there and, and uh, the orderly stood on one side of the bed and the preacher on the other side. Uh, and he looked up in the eyes of this preacher with the, the uh, marks of death around his eyes. And he said, uh, he said these words, Preacher, he said, what can I do? And that Pentecostal preacher stood there and looked at that old man when he was dying. He said, friend, there's not but one thing that you can possibly do in the shape that you're in. And he said, that is to plead the mercies of God. Hallelujah. They said that when that old man died, that that preacher was on one side of that bed, and that uh, orderly was on the other side, and when he died, he almost picked both of them up off the floor when he went out of this world to meet God. You see, it's a terrible thing when you die as a sinner. It's a terrible thing when you die lost. There's nothing more horrible than when you die lost. And I thought about there's a force. There's a force in your body tonight. It's working on you. It's gnawing on you, brother. And somewhere down the right line, there's a grave waiting for you. Somewhere there's a man breathing that's going to dig your grave tonight. You see, you're going to go away. Sooner or later, they all go away. We're all going to be gone. A hundred years from now, we'll all be gone. This building will probably be gone. And will you go away with these? He said the righteous would go into everlasting life, but the wicked shall go into everlasting punishment. The only thing that God has ever promised the wicked is everlasting damnation and punishment. That's the only thing that he's ever promised them if they die without Christ. If this force goes to work, then I die. I thought about the lady that had the little baby. This little baby was born and died when it was about two and a half months old. And... It was the only child she had. It was her first child and the only child she had. And it nearly killed her when this child died. It's not so bad when you've got another one or two, but when you're only one goes, when the only one you've got, and she took that child up after it was dead and put it in her hands and touched it to her bosom, she said, this is my child. It is part of my body. And although it's dead, hallelujah, it belongs to me. And nobody will take it from me. The, the, uh, the undertaker came and the police came. They said, give us that child. She said, it belongs to me. And I'll keep it and I'm going to hold it to my bosom. And she did. They let her hold it. And they stayed with her, brother. And they let her hold that child. She would not give it up. And in about two days after she held that child and walked around that house and that dead child, oh, listen, the, 
Death is a terrible thing. I say death is a horrible thing tonight. It's a terrible thing, young man and young woman. And you might sit on that pew and you might laugh at me and you might make fun of what God preaches to you. But let me tell you something. You're going to go away. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There was a force that went to work in that child's body. It began to sway. It began to speak. It began to rock. It began to take on corruption. That corruption and that force drove that child away. Finally, she could take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Two and a half months old. You see that little baby that died? I believe that baby busted heaven wide open. I believe it's there. Don't you believe that tonight? I believe it's there. I believe it's over there. Hallelujah. And that's the ones that I want to go away with. The ones that's going there. Hallelujah. And not the ones that's going down there. And as I, sooner or later, I got to thinking, sooner or later, Brother McGee, they all die. They all die. The rich men, the poor men, the kings, the paupers, the presidents, the Oh, they all died. Hallelujah. Alexander the Great wept in the deserts of the Middle East. Hallelujah. At the age of 33, he wept because there was no more worlds to conquer. And he died an alcoholic. At the age of 33, cried out to God, a lost man. He died. He never thought he'd ever die. But Mohammed and Socrates and Buddha and the rulers of the world and the kings of the earth, they all died. They all go away. It all go away. You see, friend, we're not playing games tonight here. And I don't believe God has had what He wanted to do with your body. I believe there's people that rejected God, and I'm going to tell you this. And I say it on the authority of the Word of God. Not in every case, but in almost in every case, judgment follows a revival like this. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Well, you go away with these. You see, I've learned something about life. It don't make any difference how long you live. That don't make a bit of difference, Brother McGee. If you live a hundred years, or if you live only six weeks, the length of your life doesn't make any difference. You can go in that graveyard, and they've got them there from a month to a hundred years. It doesn't make any difference. And I've learned something about dying. I have learned it since I got the Holy Ghost. It's not when you die that matters. It's not where you die that matters. But the main thing that matters is you're ready to die. If you're ready to die. Hallelujah. You see, if you're ready to die, and there's folks in the sound of my voice tonight that's not ready to die. That's not ready to die. You see, if you go away with these, if you go away with these, where are we going to go? Who's going to go away? You're going to go away. Who's going to go away? Everybody's going to go away. Where are we going? There's not for two places. That's heaven and that's hell. And between those two places, there is a great gulf fixed. And Abraham said that no man can come here and no man can ascend there. Listen, friend, that gulf is fixed for eternity. For eternity. For eternity. For you go away with this. 
Then I thought, who's going to go away? The drunkard's going to go away. If you drink tonight, you're an alcoholic, you're just a still better place in hell, there's a heaven. You might not think it's so bad to drink, but let me tell you something, friend. When God wrote his word, he put the drunkard shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah! And he put it right along next to the murder and the lie and all the rest of them. He said, a drunkard cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You might not think it's so bad, but it's bad enough to send you to hell. It's bad enough to send you to hell. Well, you will go away with the evil. You see, the atheist is going to go away. You might say, Brother Hyde, there's going to be plenty of repentance in hell. Oh, no, there's nobody going to repent in hell. Not a strange thing when you make repent in hell. Because God grants repentance. The only place you can find repentance is at this altar. You'll try to repent, but you can't. And you'll cry out for repentance. And the greatest thing that'll flee from you is you can die, but you can't find death. You'll welcome it if I can die, but you can't find it. You see, God grants repentance. The atheist is going away. That one that points his finger to God and says, I hate God. And I know there is no such thing as God. But deep down in his heart, he knows there's a God. He knows there's some, some supernatural being. When I look at the stars of heaven, when I look at the moon and the stars that he spangled down in the night, when I think about where the astronauts are going, there is a God. Hallelujah. There is a God. And he's in this place right with me. Hallelujah. You go away with me. Two places to go. The killer, the murderer. I was in the hospital. And I come in contact with my first man had a murderous demon in him. You see, I got up that morning to eat breakfast and this young man, nice looking man. He was about 23 years old. And he kept watching. See, I've had an experience with God. The light has come from heaven and struck me. I still needed the Holy Ghost. See, you, you can have an experience with God and still be lost. You don't get the Holy Ghost. And you don't get that. That's just this Listen, that just. Paul had the greatest experience of anybody in the world. On the road to Damascus, the light struck him down. He could have got up and said, Listen, brother, I talked to Jesus. But he said, Go into Jerusalem. And there's going to be a man come to you and tell you what you've got to do. And he arose. He was baptized. Hallelujah. And he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. So you can have an experience, my dear friend, and still be lost. And still be lost. And this boy would come around me and he would grab me. And I was eating breakfast, Brother McGee, and he got his You know, when he started looking at me, I started seeing And after I got up from the table, he walked over to me just as polite and nice as you do. He said, you better get something and protect yourself with it. Because he said, I've got to kill He said, something is telling me to kill you. You see, friend, the demons of the world, the murderous demons, are, you know what they made a, 
they made a survey and they say about 75% of all executive type men have a desire to kill somebody. To see these are going to go away. They took that man and they took four men, put him in a straight jacket, put him in the other room to keep him from killing. You see, he had a man, he would have killed him, he would have I say he would have killed him. He would have killed him. But these will go away. The hippies, the killers, the beatness, the lies, the rapists, the homosexual, they're all going away. They're going away. They're going away, brother, to a world of the ungodly. The world of the ungodly. Brother Hyde, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the world where there is no hope, never as long as there's eternity. Where the heavens turn to brass. I had a dream of hell one night. I don't know whether it was a dream or whether it was a vision or what it was. But it stuck with me and it will stick with me through all eternity. I dreamed that I saw hell, Brother Medina. I looked down on that place. And as I walked up to the edge of this camp, I saw a green looking over a dark place down in there. And over on this side, there was a door that opened up. And through this door, it was, uh, it was probably one of the most depressing lights that I ever saw in my life. And right over on this side, there was a road turn. There was a jump off. And I could see the flames of hell as they left up. And the black and dark smoke going up into eternity. And over on this side, there was another door. And behold, I saw in this door. And I saw men. I saw men as they came pulling a huge wagon. This wagon had a long tongue on it, and across this tongue, there was boards, and behind each tongue, each one of these boards, there was a man bent over, and this board was in his stomach, and they were taking long steps, and this wagon had great wheels on it, and on the top of the wagon, it had fuel piled up, and these men were taking long steps, and every time they take a step, they say, the person, and you know what started me more I asked one of them I said friend how long have you been here he said 150 years and one of them brother Blackburn was my brother Billy my old brother my old brother was funny. he was there he was there there was no way and I woke up to Young man, you want to go to that place tonight. You want to go to that place the Bible said a fool says there's no God. That don't mean that he don't think there's no God. That means no God for me. So I for you to have him. But no God for me. If you go away with me, world the ungodly. What are we going to go away from? What are we going away from? We're going away from they run away from food. They run away from food. There'll never be any food. And hell is going to be the desires of the flesh. They're going away from self. We're going away from love. They tell me in Alaska they got what they call the 30 30 thing. And, uh, you know, we walk in our homes sometimes and we don't appreciate them too much. But I thank God for the shelter that He gives me. I want to be thankful, don't you? But we walk into our homes, but they got what they call the 30 30 30. They say in Alaska that a man can't live 30 minutes in a 30-mile-an-hour wind at 30 degrees below zero. You see, you're going to wait until. 
And since some of us is going to that place tonight, we might as well get used to the kind of company that we're going to be with. We might as well go out here to the honky-tonks on Canal Street and get in with all the bee drinkers and all the ungodly people and all of the, the scum of the earth and start fellowshipping them and put arms around with them and rub elbows with them because they're going to be there. We might as well go to the penitentiary with all the, the prisoners. Every Japanese soldier that ever died in the world is going to be there. They're going to go away into that place where you go away. Listen to me, Sam. Let me tell you something. I thought about the boy and the girl that went out and committed a sin. And on their way home, as they were speeding through the night, and that car, they were dragging that Thunderbird brother as fast as it could go. And they were filled with the world. And they come around a curve and the car squeaked and over and over again. Over and they both went in the car over both of them and killed them. And they both went to hell. And down in the very pits of hell, as that acid of fire boiled up, it would shoot that boy up and he would sit on top of it. His head would come up above it. And that girl was sitting there on the banks of that river, that hot flowing river, saying, I hate you. You need God tonight. You need God in your heart tonight. you go away with me. I hope this is true. But I thought the, ju the justice of God demands that there be a hell for the ungodly as much as there's a heaven for the godly. The justice of God demands tonight that there be a, a hell for Cain as much as there's a heaven for Abel. The justice of God and the the power of God tonight demands that there be a hell for Jezebel as much as there is a heaven for Elijah. The justice of God demands that. And it demands that there be a hell for the rich man as much as there was a heaven for Lazarus. The justice of God demands that. And hell was not prepared for you, but it was prepared for the devil and his angels. But the justice of God demands there be a hell for Nero as much as there is a heaven for Paul. It demands that there be a hell for that harlot as much as there is a heaven for that old praying Pentecostal mother of mine her face to the floor year after year crying out for God. Will you go away I thought about the young man, very nice looking young man, and uh, somebody put his body on goat. He had to stop selling goat to pay for his house. And he would go around these high schools and he'd meet young girls and young boys that come from very prominent families. And uh, he's a very nice looking young man, Brother McGee. And he would invite these young girls and boys over for a coat. And they'd go across the street and he'd slip a little dope in that coat. And uh, he'd go back next week and give them another one. In about three or four weeks, so they were looking for him for one of those coats. And he'd say, all right, you want one? You get me $50 for your daddy. Your daddy said, doctor, bring me $50. I'm going to give you one of those coats. And you see, he started. That's the way he made his living. The hand of the devil. The hand of the devil. He'd throw him to lies. And, and they caught this young man. They put him in jail. He was 
And this young man, they put him in this prison, in this jail, in this main hall. And this jailer's name was Solomon. And this young man was just about dark, and he cried out. He said, Solomon, he said, I'm going to tell you something now. He said, it's getting dark, and I've been in here before. He said, I'm going to tell you right now, and you better get busy because I'm going to have to have a doctor here in just a little while. You know my condition. And uh, this uh, fellow Charlie hollered back and said, now, you know I don't have any authority to get you a doctor. He said, yeah, but you're going to get me one, and you're going to get me one before they have. He played cards, and, and uh, he was beginning to get nervous, and, and that thing began to cry out in his voice, and he began to holler, Charlie! Get me a doctor! Get me a doctor! Get me a doctor! I can't get you a doctor! He got a broomstick and he went up and down those cells. And he stopped up the commode and, and flooded the whole jail and screamed and lay chewing his tongue. And finally, they got him a doctor. You see, where is Tom tonight? Where is that boy? You see, he's probably in a devil's head. Are you going to go away with me? Father, they get a song. I thought, I thought about, I thought about who is going to go away, friend. Every one of us will go away. But listen, the Bible says, "Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints." Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. There was a young man, young man, and some of you folks know him. This young man was from around Kinder, Louisiana, 16 years old, had the Holy Ghost. And I understand he had the call to preach. And one day he got sick. And they took him to the doctor. And the doctor gave him a shot. And it backfired on him and killed him. But before he died, they had him in charity hospital. And they come to him and they don't know what happened, Brother McGee, to this boy. But they come to him, and uh, his mother said, Ed said, said they tell me you're, you're going to die. He never said that. He just laid there. And the closer this young man got to death, they brought in the tent to put over the oxygen tent. And they brought the thing to put over his face, and they brought all the paraphernalia that they always bring when the last resort is at hand. And they went to put this tent up open. He said, take it away from me. He said, you see, that's of the world. He said, I'm not of the world. He looked up at his mother with tears in his eyes. He said, mother, if I could explain to you the thing that I see over life. He said, I see a million angels. He said, I see the gates of heaven. And they're swinging open waiting for me. He said, all this is coming. He said, take it away from me. He went out of this world. Angels of God came out to his church. You see, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. Will he go away with you? He said, The righteous shall go into everlasting life. But the wicked will be everlasting. 
will you go away with me? Young man and young woman tonight, if I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I would have done better in this altar tonight. Preaching and crying out to God. And dear saints of God, we need a move of God in this altar. We need a move of God in this altar. Oh, we need God to move and clean these altars out here of these folks that are going to come to this altar tonight. I wonder why we stand tonight. With you going.